Welcome to the Mindset is Art podcast. I'm your mindset coach, CJ Leedy, and what is more important, what you said, how you said it, what you meant to say, or what the other person understood you to say? And how can you tell the difference? Do you think it's possible to communicate an idea effectively enough that the other person you're sharing it with understands what you're trying to say fully? downloads the entirety of what you're saying. Is it 100%? Even your spouse, your business partner, somebody that you talk to all the time, if you really think about it, even if you explained your idea perfectly and the other person says they understand what you're saying, is there still a chance that they're getting less than 100%? If everyone has their own view of reality, different experiences that they draw off of, their own connotations around the meanings of words and labels, different styles of learning, whether it's auditory or visual, personality type, they're analytical or emotional, is it possible that even very well-formulated explanations wiggling its way through highly attentive ears could be falling short of full comprehension? Could it even be less than 75 or 50% with some of the people that you know well? There's no question that our ability to communicate accurately is a pillar of success as it relates to many areas in life. One of the most obvious is in our close relationships. When the other person has a clear understanding of your thoughts and intentions and you know theirs, you're able to progress, strategize, and behave in a way that's consistent with what works best in your relationship. Our success in business is largely dependent on our ability to communicate ideas with our teams, clients, prospects, customers in a way that they understand and agree with. Not long ago, I heard Elon Musk on a podcast talking about Neuralink, which is his deep brain stimulation system that he's developing, which is initially set to assist people who are paralyzed, restore limb function, or move prosthetics, and operate a handful of other devices. In their words, we're aiming to design a fully implantable, cosmetically invisible brain-computer interface to let you control a computer or a mobile device anywhere you go. Micron scale threads would be inserted into areas of the brain that control movement. Each thread contains many electrodes and connects them to an implant called the link. End quote. So this is crazy technology with a bunch of potential functions. And on this podcast, he was explaining how Neuralink could eventually help us communicate ideas without the use of words basically reading each other's minds, which is a crazy future concept. But even more relevant to today, Elon goes on to describe how difficult it is for us to share ideas through verbal language. If you think about conceptualizing an idea and then turning it into a sequence of words with the hope of somebody else understanding your thought and how difficult that really is. I think a good metaphor is kind of like taking a Take a complex painting, like an abstract painting, and then try to describe that to somebody over the phone. You know, how do you even begin? Maybe you explain the general color scheme, the gist of it, you try to give some details, but do you really think that they would understand exactly what that painting looks like? Probably not. The same thing happens when it comes to trying to explain ideas to others. It's nearly impossible to fully describe the complexity of an idea with a handful of sentences. Ideas are also very abstract in nature, not to mention the different associations that people have just with words specifically. So even if you can perfectly describe it to your understanding, the person likely doesn't see that description in the exact same way. The following concept is an idea that I've become pretty interested in in the coaching world because it's at the root of a lot of interrelationship conflict. It's called talking past each other. It's where people are talking about different subjects but believe that they are talking about the same thing. It's just like the expression of seeing past something. Like if someone says, hey, see that girl over there wearing the red shirt? 
and you look over really quick trying not to be awkward and you see some girl wearing a red shirt and you're like oh yeah it's here and then the person goes on to tell you all this information about this person and then 10 minutes later the girl walks by and you go oh hey there she is and the person's like no what are you talking about i was talking about that girl over there and you're like holy shit we just had an entire conversation about the wrong person you saw right past them this is the same concept that happens in conversations with ideas that we're trying to communicate you explain something to someone and you say, do you get it? And they're like, yeah, hell yeah, I totally, I totally get it. And you both think you're talking about the same thing, but you're not. You missed it for something else, and now you're talking right past each other. It's similar. Same color shirt, same gender, same area, but different girl. With a human, this is easier to discover when you got it wrong. But with an abstract idea, sometimes we never even realize that we were talking about two different things. And afterwards, you're like, gosh, I didn't realize that person had such nasty ideas about that thing. Like, sheesh, you know, they're really X, Y, Z. I'm going to have to rethink my feelings about that person. And in reality, you were actually maybe on the same page about whatever topic they were talking about, but you were just talking right past each other. As Peter Drucker one of my favorite business authors, expert in management and effective communication, as he says, the most important thing in communication is to hear what isn't being said. So short of twiddling our thumbs until Neuralink shows up and lets us share ideas without smacking our lips together to make sound, this is what we got to work with. So how do we improve our ability to speak more clearly and help people understand what we're trying to say? Today we're going to cover a few specific neuro-linguistic patterns that affect each one of us and how to use them in a way that will help you communicate more clearly and help you understand the way that the person is interpreting the things that you are trying to communicate. I followed a lot of the work of Mr. David Snyder. He's recognized as one of the world's leading experts on hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, mind-body technologies of peak performance, persuasion, covert influence. So that's where I'm pulling a lot of this next section from. And first things first, when it comes to communication, we need to understand the filters. There are specific filters in the mind of the people that we're conversing with. And because the human mind is so complex and adaptable, it's forced its evolution to create these barriers to manipulation. Just because we hear something doesn't mean we naturally assume it to be fact right off the bat. Right? We have to have some filters, otherwise we would just be brainwashed left and right, downloading a bunch of random spam. It's like a firewall on your computer keeping you from being hacked and brainwashed into believing a bunch of garbage. David refers to this as resistance. In general, resistance is good, but as you're trying to explain something new to somebody, you have to understand the rules of resistance to overcome these filters. So the first rule of resistance, people resist what you tell them but they believe what they come up with. So we resist what we're told, but we never resist what we conclude. So the key is not to just tell someone something, especially if it's new information that they've never come to on their own. You need to lead them to it. So within this specifically, there are four things that we need to do. We need to maintain the image of all four of these. One is how someone sees themselves. If the idea that you're presenting is in conflict with how they see themselves, they will naturally resist it and not believe it to be true. Number two, you need to maintain the image of how they think others see them. So if this idea conflicts with how they think the world interprets them, they will naturally think it's false as well. Number three, it needs to go along with things that they already believe to be true. So if it falls in a category that someone thinks is false or it seems to defy a lot of the normal logic that they subscribe to, they're going to resist. 
And number four, it's called reactance. It's when something pushes against you, makes you feel triggered or uncomfortable. Your guard goes up to any new information. So if you disturb any of these four, how someone sees themselves, how they believe others see them, the things they believe to be true, or something that triggers an emotional response in their body that makes them feel uncomfortable. If any of those happen, the person will resist whatever you're trying to bring them. And a little sidestep here. I gotta caution you about learning linguistic patterns. You shouldn't set out trying to weave this perfectly crafted statement in order to bypass the way that somebody thinks. The key is to understand the fundamentals of the way linguistic information works so that you can understand why concepts work and why they don't. Because especially if someone knows that you're trying to play a trick on their mind in order to get them to believe something, that is the ultimate form of resistance, not just in that moment, but forever. If they know that you're trying to use Jedi mind tricks to get them to believe new stuff, they're not going to trust you anymore. So don't use this as manipulation tools. Use this as understanding both the way that people understand things around you and the way that you understand things just to help you communicate more effectively. So step one is understanding those filters. Step two is understanding the way that our emotional responses play into our ability to intake new information. And one of the biggest elements of this is confirmation bias. The human brain has a tendency to believe and find information that aligns with the things that it wants to hear. So more often than not, people believe things that they want to believe, and they dismiss the things that they don't want to believe. And it really comes down to the emotional payoff. If you believe that believing this information is going to benefit you, you're more likely to believe it. And the opposite is true as well. If it's something that you don't want to hear, your brain blocks it out. So have you ever had a conversation with somebody, likely somebody who's a little bit upset with you, and they're asking you a question that they really want the answer to, but they have an answer that they want you to say and you, you know, you come to them and you answer very honestly, but you know the truth hurts a little bit here. And they say, hold on, answer the question that I just asked you. And you're like, I just did. And they're like, no, you didn't answer my question. And the truth is, you did answer the question. They just didn't like your response. And so a filter legitimately blocks them from hearing what you said. It's denial. They wanted a different answer so badly that they didn't even hear what you said and even just talking about that makes me feel some type of way because those are usually the most uncomfortable, hardest, saddest conversations of heartbreak and letdown. But the same effect happens at a micro level too. It could be in a simple business conversation or conversation with friends. We tend to block out that which does not serve us very well emotionally. So you need to understand that's the case when you're delivering news to somebody, even if it's subtle. They may filter it out. But this next tool can help assist with that problem. It's about breaking the news to them in a way that opens them up to hear what you need to say. It's called pacing. You have two parts of the statement, X and Y. X is something that they know to be true. So you start the statement off listing some things that they believe. And then Y is this new information that's a little bit hard for them to hear. You know, we've had X number of years together and these things have gone really well and all facts stuff that you've conversed about before that they already know like the back of their hand. And then because of all that, I have to be clear with you that X, Y, Z, the more tough pill to swallow. What happens with our brain is if we hear something that we believe to be true, followed by some new information, we're much more likely to believe the following information. And beware of this because it's used a lot in marketing. They say, hey, it's tax season, right? It's a fact. Taxes are very complicated. Fact. 
or at least their target audience believes that that's fact. And then they lead into, well, because of those things, because it's tax season, because taxes are complicated, you need our product. If you believe it's tax season and you believe that taxes are complicated, you're much more likely to believe that you need their product. And along that same vein, the organization of words matter. So try to picture this here. There's an elephant that's purple in the corner of a cafe, and it's small and it's made out of clay. And at first you may say, okay, that's weird, but I guess I'm kind of calculating that, all of that information. Now try this. In the corner of a cafe, there's a small purple clay elephant. Still surprising, still strange, but did your brain have to calculate nearly as much? We have to lay things out in a sequential order that doesn't require you to reorient your thinking. The reason that that first statement is so hard to download is because first you say, hey, think of an elephant. So if you think of an elephant, you're thinking of a massive animal, maybe on a safari out in the middle of Africa, and you're probably thinking that it's alive, running around, making noises. All of a sudden they say it's purple. Now you're like, hold on, what? Okay, now the elephant's purple, okay reassociation and now you're saying it's in the corner of a cafe so now you're thinking of a giant purple elephant that's alive in the corner of a cafe and then they say well and it's small okay so now we have a miniature live purple elephant in the corner of a cafe strange and they say it's made out of clay and you're like okay wow the whole entire statement is just completely reoriented in your mind but if someone says in the corner of a cafe you go, okay, I can think of a corner of a cafe. There's a small, so you're thinking, okay, there's a little small thing in the corner of a cafe. It's purple. So you already got an association of purple. It's made out of clay. So now you're like, okay, there's a little purple clay something. And they say it's an elephant. And they go, okay, there's a little purple clay elephant in the corner of this cafe. Kind of weird, but it doesn't require you to reorient your thinking the whole way that it goes. It's, you're saying the same words, but you're saying them in a totally different order that allows your brain to download them much more easily and quickly. It's like an attachment on an email with one megabyte versus 100. So those are a few very advanced tools as it comes to communicating effectively. One, you've got to know about the filters. How does somebody see themselves? How do other people see them? What things do they believe to be true? and not triggering an emotional, uncomfortable reaction in their body. Two, understanding the emotional filters, confirmation bias, not wanting to hear information that they don't want to hear. And then linguistic patterns, understanding pacing, telling people things that are true, and then followed by information that's a little bit more complicated to grasp. And then the sequencing of words matters. Tool of the day. This is going to be a little bit of a curveball, right? We just gave you a lot of strategies about how to speak into the conversation. But communication is a two-way street. Knowing all of these tools is useful, but effective communication is not just about what you say. It's really about hearing what the other person said so that you can meet them in the conversation where they're at. Ernest Hemingway said, when people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen, end quote. This can really solve a majority of the problems. Even if the person you're conversing with is not listening to what you are saying, if you are able to slow down Listen very closely. Try to get as close to that 100% comprehension of what they're really saying. Then you can still have an effective conversation. And once you really understand where they're at, then you can begin to implement some of the strategies that we covered today. So that's what we're working with today. How much of my idea do you think you understood? I'm shooting for above 50% here. It would mean the world to me if you wanted to leave a rating, a review, or share it with somebody that you thought might find value. But more than anything, I appreciate you being here. 
For more info on coaching, the book launch, other mindset motivation, head on over to cjleady.com. This is the Mindset is Art podcast. Thanks for going to MI with me today.